April 2021 at Ghetto Movement in Wollongong, Australia. It's a workshop hosted by Harry Williams, Louis Yost and Celine, who take us through movement and hand balancing. I'm lucky enough to be able to attend and go with some dear friends of mine, Bilal Zine and Benjamin Byfield. This is a debrief after the workshop of our thoughts, of our reflections, of some of the tools, insights of what we gained from the workshop and wanted to share it with you guys. I hope you guys enjoy. We're going to get started. I'll see you in the episode. All right. We're at episode 48 of the Passive Hang. And this one's a special one because I'm joined with, I'm going to call you guys co-hosts. Benjamin Hell Byfield. Yeah. What's up, guys? And Bilal Zain. Hello, hello. And we've all just completed a workshop with Harry Williams, Lewis Yost, and Celine, who have taken us through a wild weekend of hand balancing and movement. It's been a very powerful, great experience as well. And I thought I'd sh- just share with you guys just maybe a bit of a debrief, I guess, from this weekend about what's happened, what we've experienced, to give you a bit of a feel as to what maybe some of the listeners have, haven't had uh, the joy of experiencing. So, Some raw reactions, hot off the presses. Yeah, yeah. But maybe, uh, I guess what we'll kick it off with is just maybe a short intro as to what you guys are practicing, just so the listeners get a bit of a sense about uh, what you guys are into. So maybe, Bilal? Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, most recently, been practicing mainly in um, hand dancing. Um, well, that takes most of my practice, and some strength work, mainly upper body. Not really focusing on lower body at the moment um, because I kind of get my capoeira practice to take care of that. Um, and yeah, main, main practice is taken from either the movement culture or the hand balancing culture. And um, yeah, and, and a lot of it from capoeira, I guess. So it's just a little mix of those and making my own practice and filling it out, yeah. And what's your connection with Harry? Um, I've been training with Harry for, I would say around 18 months, 16 to 18, 18 months. And it's been a hell of a journey. Um, I've done around four phases with him. Um, most recently, I took a break just because of life happens kind of thing. But um, relationship is pretty good. I really look up to him. He's been a great mentor, great teacher. Um, feedback is on point. Always giving the time, always giving in whatever efforts, um, whatever he can provide. Just make sure I understand things in, in the right way. and. Just great direction, um, yeah. And this was the first time meeting Harry in person, yeah, right? Yeah, first time. Yeah, it's been long waiting for. I've been wanting to visit visit him, but then you know, COVID happened, and um, I didn't get the chance. But um, yeah, once I saw him, it was it was totally different than. Um, yeah, it's just surreal, I guess. Like you don't, you don't. Yeah, I don't know how to say, it, but it's just. You've been practicing with someone, he's been leading you and guiding you through things that you've had a lot of difficulties doing and that's why you go for that person and then, you know, you never really meet them in person to see their energy, their vibe and just how they present themselves and um, yeah, and finally got to see that and uh, it's just, it was just uh, amazing to, to meet him in person. Well, hold, hold on to that thought because I do want to discuss with you guys about this difference with uh, you know online training versus in person because I know a lot of us do remote coaching uh, but maybe on to you Ben what are you working on at the moment well at the moment my practice is um, as a student of Tom Emerson at Praxis um, and a lot of my practice is solo on my own so this weekend is one of those rare and wonderful opportunities to to practice with others especially with handstands it's very much a solo practice and to obviously study under these amazing teachers and see how they teach, get guidance and cueing live, which is extremely valuable and very different from the online experience through correspondence. And then also just to see other practitioners and a big insight for me is just seeing that they're all, we are all people 
shared value systems and shared interests and, and shared lifestyles in many ways. But it's very easy to um, it's very easy to kind of glorify or get this, you know, this what would you say a uh, maybe an unrealistic impression of what people are like when you just you know see them through social media. So it's a really great chance to to meet people and to just yeah move together and and to live it and you know fill your cup and then take that back in your own practice. So. Yeah, like most of my work is solo and I'll be going back to working you know, solo, but I'll be carrying this experience in my heart, you know, back, back home with me. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing just being in the room where you're surrounded with so many people working on similar things, but everyone with their own different approach. And really, I think refreshing for me when you see that everyone, I mean, you, you kind of know this, but it it's even more powerful when you see it in a person. Everyone has their own struggles, right? Like some mm. people, their mobility is like amazing. Others, they were like so strong, you know. There was a couple of guys there who just were just like Beast. built like, yeah, that's the best word, beasts. Yeah. <laughs> but they had their own struggles as well. And you saw as people, you know, when they're working on the one arm, getting to it, how many times they were failing, just reminding myself of, even now, you know, sometimes kickups can be a little bit inconsistent as well. And you're like, oh, it's the same thing. Like you just move on to the next layer of the practice, the next layer of the practice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Was there anything for you, Ben, that really surprised you from this weekend? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is just how, just how fucking real everyone is. Like really genuinely just real and authentic and passionate and... I guess you hope that that's the case, but there's always that concern that is there going to be is there going to be a feeling of elitism or tribalism or clickiness, like you know that high school kind of vibe. Um, and I've been to a few events like this now, and pretty consistently, I keep being surprised just how real everyone is. That was like you 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 choose to be a student and to almost defer authority to these teachers and to take on their advice and their guidance. And then, you know, a couple of hours later, you're sitting down for lunch, just, just talking and, and being people. And that was really, it's such a simple thing and it's very obvious in retrospect, mm -hmm. but that was, it was surprising, very pleasantly surprising. Yeah. Let's do a couple of shout outs here. Let's, uh, can you, let's try and remember everyone that, that attended. So other than the teachers, you know, Harry Williams, Lewis Yost, Celine, um, what, from the Movement Collective, you know, there was Rod Cooper, there was Damien Cooper, who surprisingly aren't brothers. Yeah. <laughs> then there was uh, Brando bo from Body by Brando. Uh, who else was there? Jackson Lennon. Jax Jackson Lennon from Movement 4. Nathan Lennon. Nathan Lennon. Who, who are related. Yep. yep. <laughs> so they, those are some guys that, who I've previously had on the podcast. So for me, it was really amazing to meet them in person. Mm. Aaron Griffiths from the Sunshine Coast. Will uh, Grant and Ghetto Movement. Will Grant, Will G, who was our gracious host, mm. along with some of the coaches there, Nubar and uh, Timothy Randall. Mm. Um, I think there was Haley as well. And from Pegasus, uh, up from Noosa, there was uh, mm. Roxy. Who else? Can you remember any other? No, no more come to mind. There's plenty more though. Yeah, so <laughs> it's a big crew. It, it, it was. So apologies if I have missed out on any shout outs, but you know, maybe those are some of the guys who, are, who, who run gym institutions. Yeah. Um, so just to give you a sense of who was there, you know, there were a couple of really high level practitioners and then there were a couple of, well, more than a few you know, people where we're just working at our own levels right mm. um, and I really like how sometimes the group was we came together and we're all working on the same thing but then at other times as well we'll split up into different sections like uh, one two three and then we were given specific advice as to specific to our skill level which I thought was yeah really um, really well done mm. 
But maybe if we think about through the format of how it was run, um, maybe Bilal, do you remember, what did we run through on day one? Um, <clears throat> so I think it's similar to Harry's programming. Um, from the way I see it, it's um, all three days had handstands on the first sessions. And then for the second session would be usually strength. Um, for day one, it was bent arm. Day two, it was more lower body um, coordination. And then third day was straight arm strength. And it's pretty much similar to uh, how, at least how I had my program on. It's always in a similar manner, AM, PM kind of session, double sessions. Um, yeah, first day, just see where you're at, what level you're at. It was, I remember, handstands. Um, I think you're skipping getting... over a few things, Will. Huh? <laughs> so every session I'd, I remember, it was like, Harry was like, I'm not going to show you any wrist stuff. And then he would show us some wrist oh, stuff yeah. that just <laughs> totally destroyed everybody in the room. Yeah, lots of groans and grunts for that one. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've ever worked on any wrist mobilizations or strengthening drills, I don't think you've ever done it until you've done it with the big man Harry. Yeah, that was intense. Yeah. That was another surprising um, element of the workshop is in some ways you're so inspired being around these other people and you want to it inspires you to pick up your game, but then you're also being pushed. And I was surprised how hard we could push and you know, you're okay at the other end. It was, mm. it, was a, it was a cheeky almost mantra of Harry's, but you know, you kind of suffer with it, grind it out, you mm. know, really just struggle. Um, and you know, there, there's, a, there's a risk of that being taken to an extreme if you're not careful. But it was very surprising at how much the body can tolerate and, and how beneficial that was. Um, it's very hard to push yourself that hard when you're on your own and that was that was very surprising and cool yeah I kind of know some new limits for me let's say if we talk about like the wrist conditioning where in my warm-up I'm gonna be like okay like I know I can really push here like and that's gonna be beneficial for me rather than thinking that I'm pushing but you've got those you know two or three levels just a little bit higher Mm. or not even a little bit like a lot more mm. higher that we all experienced as a group so it helps you break through those plateaus right because now you've experienced it so mm. you're going to your new your new uh, level of quality the bar has been pushed Raised. higher yeah. Yeah. and it's, it's cool being as, as teachers as we all are it's really cool to be put in the position or opt into the position of being students because one common um one common experience working with students is that you as a teacher you can tell you have far more capacity than you realize and then we as a student this weekend we'll put in that same position it's like wow i have far more capacity than i realize um and it's one thing to sort of know that intellectually but another thing to experience it and to feel it uh and that's something that's going to be really really useful i think to to carry forward into our individual work as teachers. Mm. Yeah, to repay that gift onto the students that we bring, knowing that they can be pushed. And when people hit their limits as well, it's almost like our role as teachers to show them the new capacity or the, the new bar that they can aim for, right? Mm. Mm. I just remember from day one, I thought it was a brilliant direct experience breakdown of what Harry shared in his podcast episode that he did previously. I do recommend you guys check that out if you haven't already. Yeah. Yeah. But that was laid out in a very clear principled manner, especially in that chat. And he did it similar, but we had it with the experience of actually doing it with all the drills that he shared, you know, that whole balance principle, which is so simple, right? Center of mass over base of support. Center of mass over base of support. <laughs> Center of mass over base of support. I think we heard that about a thousand different times in a thousand different scenarios mm. over the weekend. But then you had that lived experience. I remember the one drill where he got us to compare being in a tight handstand line versus relaxing mm. from part to part. Yeah, that was cool. To prove that 
principle and i really like this approach to yeah like principle based teaching mm. yeah each has his own stop each has his own handstand mm. yeah and the, and the idea of standards that really maybe the culture that we're, we're brought up in conditions us to feel like when we perform certain elements that they must be compared to certain standards but we have to keep in mind a lot of those standards are based on you know competition for example if we're talking about maybe olympic level gymnastics or circus performers or you know they're developing their hand balancing skills for a certain context mm. um and it was a good a good reminder to kind of bring us back down to earth and be a bit more realistic about well those standards aren't wrong but they're also not the only standards and it really depends on what you want and what you're trying to get out of and when it comes to a handstand it's center of mass over base of support and everything else is kind of just detail mm. it goes to this um back to this like why are we doing this and then mm. us three have kind of discussed this over the weekend this use of um like perspective right like uh is it a competition perspective is it like a Miguel Santana handstand purest like straightest line ever perspective mm. or is it just a I'm trying to learn more about this principle of center of mass over base of support and mm. in any way that I can achieve that that's balance mm. yeah. was there anything like that that stuck out for you Bilal in what Harry shared over this weekend I think um Center of mass or basis. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's stuck in my head. Just try to keep it there. There's this sweet spot. Doesn't matter. The rest doesn't really matter. But as you go on and progress, you start picking out things and putting things together to better fit the level you're looking forward to. And um, yeah, I think that's that's a big one. I think when. Um you use these direct examples there's the difference between intellectual understanding and going oh maybe i'm actually starting to understand this right because with that principle guys like i remember you know we played around with that on the first day just with this balance just with using the line as a as a subject of study right and then we had on day two we did this outdoor session which was awesome like the, the rail balance mm. session and you weren't on your hands anymore, but you're on your feet, and then you get, well, it's the same principle as well, like, otherwise you're gonna fall off the rail. Um, and then when we're trying to do handstand push-ups as well, like, we kept on relating it back to that example. But I really liked, Ben, when um, we were working on kick-ups in day three, and how Harry was discussing that principle again, but then saying, you know, the lower you keep the center of gravity or center of mass the easier it is going to be to uh, to balance and then manipulate that to get up into position mm. um, so for me it it was like okay like I hear these principles and you kind of go yeah yeah I already know it but then practicing it over these like three days de uh, over and over and over again whilst being reminded again goes ah oh, okay this is well one this is really important and then two well I don't really understand jack shit about this at all yeah yeah, yeah. was a maybe for you Ben like what was a key takeaway that you got in terms of teaching from the last few days Ooh. well the first one that comes to mind is actually on um, spotting and cueing that was a cool discussion that came up a few times. It's maybe you want to just run through. What, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for, for years I've been interested in handstands and it's in the last few years that I've really had a dedicated practice. And, um, when I began, I would attend a few gymnastic classes, some hand balancing classes or working with friends would help each other out. And it's a very common experience to try to kind of grab and, and manipulate and cue and as we discussed this weekend it comes from a place of love and of wanting to help and one of the messages from Harry that he really emphasized was that um, 
you know, he doesn't believe in, or is, at least he found in his own practice and in his closest students, that they developed a very high level of hand balancing without spotting. And that just trying to understand what's necessary and then doing the work um, is the most important thing because perhaps when we, when we try to help too much, when we try to, we, we almost try to take over from the experience unintentionally, but that's potentially stripping the student of an opportunity to learn. And it comes back to that idea of, of really cultivating, as a teacher, you want to cultivate independence and, and a sense of responsibility within our students. And I, I always think about that idea that a teacher isn't someone who gives, but a teacher is someone who acts as a mirror. And that, I think, that whole principle of trying, trying to spot less, or perhaps not at all, or as little as possible, kind of ties in nicely with that. It's, you know, understand what's needed, understand what, what's necessary as a teacher, and then allow the student to, to really discover and figure that out for themselves. So we can apply it in hand balancing here, but you could think about how you could extrapolate that out into any, any kind of drill or exercise. Yeah, that was really interesting. Harry was like, you know, do not rob them of the learning opportunity mm. by just being there and then offering them that sense of safety that if they lose the balance that you're going to help them bring into balance, right? I thought that was a really powerful one mm. and definitely one I want to play around with when I guide people. But as you say, expanding that out to all the other topics that you might share, it's like, well, it's a great question to ask. It's like, at what stage is that too much? Mm. You know, you can demonstrate, you can show. And I think there's always maybe a tendency as teachers to want to go into the finest detail, you know, share mm. everything, be like, this is the way. And a bit of it showing off too. Let me show you how much I know. Mm. Yeah, which, that's true. Which you need to be careful of. Yeah. And Bilal, this always reminds me of, uh, Bilal and I practice capoeira together. It kind of reminds me of, when we go to capoeira classes, there's a lot of just demonstrating, then that's it. It's just like, go do it. Yeah, just go find just find a space, kick up a few times, do it without having to learn like in, in very specific, you know, walk tiny steps and like how to fall or uh, bringing the subject of fear might start bringing the fear up as well. Like, so it's, it's different ways, but at the end of the day, it's just giving that independent independent kind of way of learning just f figure it out uh, I think there's a lot to, to grow when it when it has to do with just figuring things out definitely I think maybe sometimes there it would be like a steeper initial learning curve but then closer to that you know hallowed autonomy that we yeah. are all trying to provide for other people right yeah yeah let's talk about straight tuck straddle the scapular positions, because <laughs> mm, I know I head positions. this was another one that really stuck out um, to me where I was like, oh, I thought I've been doing tuck all the time. Oh, this is, this is the tuck position. Um, and so for all you guys listening, I think Harry's posted about this once on his, on his Instagram before about, about demonstrating this. So maybe you guys can, can check that out. But again, it was that just that, oh, I thought it was in the right position with my scapula and really elevating. And we used the wall drill for this. And then there was the, oh, okay, now I'm really pushing. And mm. I, I didn't know I had to push that hard. Um, mm. And I think I knew, for you, Bilal, you had a few breakthroughs with, with yeah. that. Maybe if you want to share. Yeah, so the top handstand has been uh, my nemesis. I don't seem to be making any or little progress with that and it just comes and goes really um, most of the time it's not there but then all of a sudden I'll see oh but um, yes the breakthrough was yeah I've had a bit of a, some pointers on those days uh, where we did handstands and I was making sure I get some pointers on my tuck because I didn't know what I was doing wrong really and I realized that I'm not elevating enough I'm not pushing enough and it's something you hear all the time and you try to do it on your own but 
sometimes the position you start in, and I think that's the case with me, uh, I was already trying to push into my thoracic, and I had to close a little bit with my shoulders to get more height first, and then I can access more into the thoracic. And I think, yeah, I think that that for me was was the breakthrough in tuck. And then give it a good a good a good couple of tries on the free handstand, and um, I felt a big a big difference. But um, another thing to add, when you when I find found more height in elevation when closing the shoulders a tiny bit, I uh, found myself I can get in a better posterior. Um, tilt and tuck my ribs in better and keep them in while finding high, more, even more height and then accessing my um, thoracic a little bit. So that was a, a big one for me and I think with anyone out there with closed shoulders, like stay in there, keep figuring it out and um, you feel their pain. <laughs> yeah, just keep pushing and and I guess, it need, um, what do you say, like, um, in-person feedback, direct feedback. Yeah, that's, that's big. Um, yeah, because I guess big. I wanted to ask you for about this because you've been working with Harry for, you know, over uh, a year. And you've been working on the tuck handstands yeah. and couldn't quite get it through the remote coaching. So what was it that, that got you through from this weekend? I think it's direct feedback, man. It's... it's um, it's great to, to do online coaching, don't get me wrong, it's really good, but direct feedback is priceless when it comes to skills like that, and especially when it's something that you're having difficulties in um, understanding. Like, you know, for me it would have been all this time saying the same thing, same thing that he told me in class, just maybe I understood it in a different way, because I don't know, it's just, it's, it's a totally different thing. Mm. He didn't say anything new, you know, but it's, it's just stuck in a different way. Um, I think that's yeah. what um, Harry referred to as what, ta tactical communication, tactical cueing. Mm. It's like mm. At the very last stage, if they really need it, need it, then you give them a little tap and then just straight into position. Mm. What was it with, was it with Lewis or was it with Jackson? And they were doing handstand flags and then it was the same thing. It was like, finally working in person, being able to do that. Yeah, it's, like, it's also, to add to that, it's like, mm. Mm, it's like, you develop a habit as well, because I've been practicing it in a specific mm. way, and then you come to this workshop, and or you go in person, and, and you get some pointers, and you're all of a sudden like, okay, that makes sense, and now you gotta slowly just unlearn a couple of things, but also that, that teaches you a lot also you you it's similar to like being robbed from the experience in the same sense because sometimes if if you let's say learn a skill by a specific direction and you're getting every single cue one after the other and you're getting the skill then when you pass it on you you're only just teaching it in that mm. also like one way but to some extent I kind of want to like think to myself and be like, yeah, that's it's totally fine that I was doing maybe developing a, a bad habit per se, but when you want to return that favor and teach someone, you kind of know what's happening, what's 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 wrong. You, yeah. you have a new element to play with and, and to figure out and help and uh, give a, Yeah, it's like if you don't go through all the struggles and it's yeah. just like, yeah, I just did, you know, the ideal process and it, and it just worked, then you'll think that that's like the the right process right and mm. and that's and that's it yeah but then you might be shocked when one of your students comes to you and it, it doesn't work or that that cue didn't work for you right yeah. and then you have to question and go shit how do i communicate this now yeah, yeah you can get a bit stuck yeah and to bring it back to that idea of um how real everyone was some something that i loved was just how Harry was up front, like handstands in the process of learning them just fucking suck sometimes. And it's, and it's just gonna, it's gonna feel terrible and demoral. Like 
there's, a, there's a, a feeling when you go to work with such a high level teacher that they might be so ahead of the curve that they've become out of touch with reality and the common man. But you're hearing and you're seeing from someone with such great experience and capacity and skill, they know what, what you're feeling. That's, you know, that, that's the process. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't, it's, uh, it's refreshing and, and, and help keep things grounded. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think was the most enjoyable part of this weekend? Oh, the hang. The hang and the banter, man. Yeah. Yeah. The most enjoyable? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the enjoyable was, again, like, everyone's just, like, a fucking person. And, and roasting each other. And, <laughs> like, just, it became a, comp- like, I mean, physical competition got, like, just wrestling, spontaneous wrestles. <laughs> Little, little like competitions, like dunk, like a little dunk competition at the end, yeah, handstand competitions, challenges, just the, yeah, like the going out for lunch and for coffee and, and just hanging. Like that was so, I didn't really expect that to be as, as cool and as fun as it was. Like, you know, you'd hang out with some people and, but, and, and it most, I don't know, I don't know, statistically speaking, but I think most people hadn't met each other before mm-hmm. in person. There's a lot of guys who either knew each of each other tangentially through online um, and social media, or they'd been ha- like talking through social media, but this is the first time meeting in person. But yeah, especially by like, even straight away, but day two, day three, it was feeling like, yeah, these are just like a kind of a family or a crew that all know each other, maybe have known each other for years and have been doing this, this is what we do. Like I was saying to you on, after day three, it, it hadn't quite sunk in that we weren't going to be training again today because <laughs> it just started to become so familiar and comfortable um, and something I was really looking forward to. And now it's like, yeah, we're going to go home back to ordinary life. And I think I'm going to look back on, yeah, the hang as being this really precious, fun, genuine experience, which, yeah, it was really really precious moments especially after covid especially yeah. after covid yeah, yeah. I, I completely forgot that that had even happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just forget you're like wow this is yeah this is what it's about mm. yeah and i suppose yeah we are very lucky here in australia because now every, everything has has opened up and i remember in the middle of a uh, second lockdown in melbourne when my only outlet was to contact people through online or through this podcast. And it was like, oh, as soon as things open up, you know, the first event, that's it. I'm going to it. So yeah. I'm very glad, you know, Harry, Will, if you guys are listening, that you, that you managed to put this on. Very, very grateful. And I guess that that's probably one of the most important messages that I do want to share with listeners today is that if you guys have the opportunity to grow any sort of culture where you can organize events either informally or formally or go out there practice with other practitioners teachers enthusiasts whatever you want to name it go do that because as Ben mentioned I think one of the dark sides of some of this practice is you know you can get this hyper-specialized, hyper-individualized, remote type of coaching, and you're going to be chipping away, working away at it, and sometimes it can get lonely, right? Like, Mm. you're the only one in the room, you're the only one who can do that front lever or handstand. Or or just you're the only one that's interested in Mm. developing those skills. Yeah. But there are people out there, you know? Even if it might take a bit of effort, a little bit of travel time as well, it's worth it in the end, right? And that's what this that's what's amazing about what you're doing with this podcast and I think what you're trying to contribute is cultivating that culture, being a part of that culture, being the culture. Um, there's a feeling coming out of this weekend from some of the conversations and some of the reflections that we're now starting to see on social media from some of the participants about how maybe it's maybe it's in Australia maybe it's going to happen more internationally but I think maybe you know five eight years ago maybe up to ten years ago maybe when Ido started posting on his blog in about 2012 Mm -hmm. we started to discover this 
different way of approaching our bodies and, and our, our daily lives, like our, our practices. And many of us, I think, were inspired by that um, and, and began this journey. But it did feel like a very, yeah, like it's, 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 it's a very isolating process in some ways. Um, it can be a lonely process. It can feel inaccessible or you're not sure how to start or how to get involved or what it even is. And now with events like this, we're starting to feel this, maybe it's the three eyes, you know, it started with isolation and now it's becoming integration, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, and you're seeing people open up their own facilities and mm -hmm. develop their own practices, but then they meet up and now you're getting this integration and, and this crosstalk yeah. of ideas and perspectives. Um, and it's becoming a more open and it feels like it's starting to flourish. We've talked about this a bit, you know, it's like, it still feels like it's early days, but it's this very exciting feeling like, it's a yeah, it's like, it, ha it hasn't quite kind of exploded yet, but it's like, it's bubbling under the surface and it's happening. And like this events like this, mm -hmm. it's like, what do we talk about? Like, what is a movement practice and what is movement culture? And what is this all about? And I think this kind of stuff is a, is a really key part of that. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, with like a podcast like yours, where you're, proactively trying to reach out to these practitioners and teachers and just have this crosstalk and this sharing of ideas um, and shared experiences. It's all kind of happening um, and that's very exciting. It's very cool to be a part of it. Yeah, I think we're all just trying to figure it out as we go, you know. I always love asking that question, you know, what is this movement thing? You know, what is the movement thing to you or how do you define it? Well, maybe it's just defined by us and the characters within it, right? And mm. the experiences that we can create for ourselves, between ourselves, and for others. Mm. And so I, I really enjoyed meeting, you know, some of those guys such as Rod Jackson, who run their Will, who run their facilities, sharing it to a wider audience because they're the manifestation of all this, right? And you see mm. all their members like the ghetto. I think when we fin finished on the first day and they had a class going on as well and there's a lot of people there and they're all doing interesting stuff and you're mm. like, oh, like, this is, this is cool, you mm. know, this is what can happen, this is what it's all about and I think, yeah, we need to remind ourselves sometimes when we're just like practicing by ourselves that mm. that's where it can all lead to, you know, if, if you guys are interested in teaching and sharing, of course, because I guess, you know it's also completely fine just to practice for yourself as well if, if you so want to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's try to remember what I wanted to ask. Ah, maybe blah. Upon reflection, do you have, like Harry sort of ended this workshop, or well, he always ended every um, you know, time he spoke as an opportunity to ask questions. Mm. And it was the funniest when everyone had the most questions about the planche. Mm. <laughs> uh, I think we went on for about an hour there. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think there was a lot of procrastination. <laughs> a lot of just trying to... Just get out of the task. <laughs> get out of the task by inquiry, endless inquiry. <laughs> but is there a question that pops up in your mind now going, oh, maybe I, I should have asked that or I want to ask any of the teachers are there a question any question hmm. I was voicing pretty much on every time I got an opportunity because um, I didn't want to leave anything behind I mean I felt but um maybe you if you know anything Ben go for it the question Come asker back to me yeah because <laughs> I I can't I can't think so I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I well, I think it, it, it was a question I did ask, but, you know, I asked Harry near the end, what did he hope that we took away from the experience? What was his intention behind the weekend? And maybe another thing we can take from it and, and take inspiration from as teachers is that he was very aware of his audience and who he was dealing with. Like he is acutely aware from day one that he had a pretty broad spectrum of ability levels and he had some quite high level practitioners, teachers, gym owners, and also a lot of enthusiasts and, and people who work on their own. 
and the message was very much and the, and the material was very much catered for that and I think he was saying that his hope was that we were able to get you know a different perspective something that felt relevant to where we're all at and that kind of ties back into how you mentioned we were you know often divided into these groups where we're allowed to really hone in on what we're interested in what we're currently working on um and that's something that i think is actually may, maybe not entirely unique to this movement culture movement practice but it's something that i really love about it that seems quite consistent compared to other systems and practices where it's very easy to come up with a certain choreography almost a certain kind of template of material that you then travel the world or deliver online through your courses and it's just a kind of a one-size-fits-all and obviously that has its value but what I enjoyed and what I enjoy doing is understanding whether it's the individual or the group that's in front of you and trying to offer something valuable to them and I really felt that working with Harry and I think I think he was successful in his mission in that regard um, you know I think if you had you know, 40 completely different people, but the same weekend, that would look like quite a different week. It would be a very different workshop. Mm. Um, so it felt very alive and dynamic in that sense. It didn't feel like we were just give it, being given sort of a, a regurgitation of a template or of rehearsed content. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and maybe you can only get to that point as a very high level teacher when you've really explored this, co this, this topic from multiple angles. So you can then pick and choose how you discuss it and how you approach it based on who's in front of you. Um, but that was, yeah, like I, I, that was a question I asked and we got an answer for, but that was something I was very curious about going in as a teacher is seeing how this kind of material is taught, seeing how these other teachers teach. Mm -hmm. um, and again, something you know intellectually, you want to make it very individualized, but to experience that, like, ah, this is what it feels like to be on the receiving end of that. Cool. I want to, I'll, and I want to be able to take this and, and provide something similar for, for anyone I work with in the future. Um, yeah, that was a really cool part of it. Yeah, I think he answered it as like, you know, he was hoping that we would get a deeper layer of understanding so that we would walk closer towards you know, autonomy. Mm, and this was surprising because, mm. you, you know, you had high level teachers and practitioners in their own right and everyone got elevated, mm. which was, which was really, I think, yeah, it takes a special way of constructing that environment and the teaching to suit. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, I just, I remember the question, maybe, I didn't ask in the workshop. When are you coming to Melbourne, Harry? Ah, <laughs> that's a we're, good one. We're all, we're all waiting for that answer. Yeah. When is everyone coming to the Central Coast? <laughs> that's what Ben is eternally waiting for. Mate, yeah. you've got to make it happen. Yeah, working on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll just um, finish off on one uh, final question, which is like, you know, taking away from this weekend what, and maybe some direct things that you'll start incorporating into your practice, you know, whether it's mental or maybe it's one of the drills or, or, or cues or what, Ben, you know, anything that first comes to mind? Yeah, I'm very excited to get back home and start, you know, resume my, my regular practice tomorrow and There are certainly going to be specific cues that that will be very useful. One of them was, like there, I was thinking when you were speaking earlier, Bilal, about the, the cueing and the importance of being there in person. And that something that's quite different from online is that there were so many subtle cues um, that I was given and that I saw being given and that maybe I helped a couple of people with as well, that just help bring that extra layer of clarity. For example, with I thought that I was doing a posterior pelvic tilt, but I think it was Celine that adjusted and just identified, actually, you want to create more movement, just a, a few more vertebra, basically, up my spine. Now, she didn't explain it like that, but that's you know how I interpret it. And the, these, subtle, these subtle adjustments are very hard to communicate um, through correspondence or just to figure out on your own. 
Um, so there'll be a lot of little subtle pieces of awareness. Now I know, have, you know oh, the, oh, I know that it can feel like that. Um, but really it's, it's just a feeling of connection. It's a feeling of being a part of a community and a culture and being able to kind of just carry that forward, like kind of be my heart when I'm training. And when you're feeling that, you know, fuck, here I am again, like, why am I doing this? You're like, well, this is why. Because, because in a way it's about, it's about yourself and about your own life and your own needs and wants, but also this pursuit, this practice is something that can be so enriching in how you give back. And not even directly giving back, like here, I'm going to give back to you. It's just like being present in a room with other people or and, and just everyone working together, doing their own thing. Like it's just, it's very motivating. You know, it's, the, the cup feels more full. Mm. Um, and it's exciting and motivating to be like, all right, there's going to be more of these. Like, you know, maybe it's not for a, a year or two, or maybe it's going to be in a few months, but cool. I've got, I've got something to aspire towards and, and, and a focus beyond session to session. It's like, you know, I want to, I want to turn up in a year and, and meet the same people again and mm. be like, and see how they've progressed and be able to demonstrate that I've progressed. Mm. Um, and just to, and to keep that growth going, keep that energy going. Cause you know, we talk about how it's about the journey not the destination mm -hmm. and it's, yeah, there's a, a, a sense of renewed, um, drive, vigor, which I'm keen to explore in my own practice. Yeah. Yeah, I like what you said in the end with, the, with like, you, it, well, one thing I took off from the workshop is pretty much, you know, you're, you're trying to get to a specific position to achieve a skill. And in this workshop, we kind of visited how it's supposed to feel or how it's supposed to look or how it's supposed to, how you're supposed to be, like you said about your talk and, and same thing with the line or your posterior pelvic tilt. Mm. It's like, okay, you got that sense of that feeling. So now you can better see where you're going. Mm. So you, you felt where you're going. Now, a, little, a little glimpse into yes. what's possible. Yeah, uh, same with me. Well, I had a couple of ones with um, Celine um, putting me in a tuck and it, like I can get to that range. I can get there. It's just that I've never knew where I was going in the first place. So now mm. it's like that sensation you want to try to grab back and you have a little of an idea. It's not as simple as that, but you know, um, that's one, that's a big one. And um, second one would be surrounding myself with people more, more, mm. more and more and more. <laughs> um, just making it a new, a new habit, you know. Mm having to meet up with you, Fayon, you know, once a week, whatever time it is, even if it's a random evening or something, um, just to get, just to feed off of energy of each other and, like you say, fill up the cup, come back for more, you know? I think sur the surrounding was, was, was my favorite part of that workshop mm -hmm. and the most that I'm going to be looking forward to keep having uh, after as well well that's how we build up the culture right like by not just being us by ourselves but including others so mm. that's what i'm really looking forward to and then what i'm trying to re start reorientating my practice towards especially after you know last year we we're all in forced forced isolation and you know for moments there it was pretty good right because you had nothing to do but like just just train rest eat sleep that, that sort of thing but after a while you get that hunger right you're like oh okay like want to connect, I want to, want to, want to trade, I want to share. You start realizing all these different things, and it's not just I think about improving the quality of your practice, but just sensing something more that you know we can live through these shared experiences and be richer for it. It's just, it's just more fun, right? Like, yeah. and why wouldn't we want to make our life more fun by doing the shit that we love together? Well, we've discussed, and this is a topic that seems quite interest. You, you seem quite interested in Fayon, is energy, energy, and energy generation. Um, and what I think about on that topic is that 
often we can boil down why we do these things and it's essentially because they feel good. It just fucking feels good. Mm. You know, we just, you know it when, you can't, we, we try to explain why after the fact, but sometimes you, you, you do something and you just feel drained and exhausted and you think, why the fuck was I even bothering? Why did I do that? Even while it's happening, you're like, I just want to get out of here. Mm. And then sometimes you're doing things and it just feels good and you come out more energized than when you went in. And maybe that's, a, maybe that's the most useful metric of whether something's worthwhile, of whether you feel good, better, and energized by it. And I feel good. I feel energized. I feel, even though it, there's physically, there's a physical demand, you know, metabolic exhaustion, mm-hmm there is a sense of being energized, which I interpret as good. This was a good thing. And so that will inform future choices. Yeah, keep heading in this direction while it feels good and while it feels energy giving rather than energy taking. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Like you reflect, you've... When you reflect, I mean, I think you connect most with the leftover emotional feeling, right? And so mm. from there, you be like, okay, this is the way to go. Mm. So I think those were some beautiful thoughts, guys. Um, so thanks for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. This was amazing. Just for all those listening, you know, we managed to snag an apartment, all three of us. So we'll up late at night chatting away each one of these nights so this was um, maybe a bit of insight as to that experience that we all had for these past few days so you know from here Bilal and I are going to head back down to Melbourne Ben you're going to go back to the central coast mm-hmm. and you know we'll be back we'll be going to another workshop I'm sure all together mm-hmm. and I'll be sure to share as much as possible for all you guys listening in so thanks for tuning in once more again, thanks to you, Ben. Thank you. Thanks to you, Bilal. Thank you. And thanks to all the participants, teachers from this weekend. Thank you, Harry. Thank you, Will, especially, for organizing all of this. And for you guys listening in, we'll see you in the next episode. Center of Massive Basic Support. <laughs> <laughs>